Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibbert, and with me today are Stanford Clark. Hey. And Tom Fons. Hey. Uh, and in case you guys haven't listened to us before, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Uh, every other episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn or computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it is a first discussion with us. So with that, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. for the week. The first one we're going to be talking about this week is Muppets Most Wanted that just came out in theaters. Tom, you got to see the trailer. When you saw the, the trailer for what, what did you think about it? Well, I've, the, my first instinct was I was a little bummed that Jason Segel wasn't involved as a writer and actor in, in this one. I, I love the 2011 film. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know, from the trailers, I, I mean, I love the Muppets. I, I I will go see a Muppets film no matter what. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to it uh, recently. But uh, I was a little worried. It seemed like they jam-packed it with celebrities who I all, all of them I love, uh, Ty Burrell, Ricky Gervais, Tina Fey. But I worry when I see that sometimes because I'm like, oh, wait, is this just going to be like a parade of fun cameos or is this actually like a good story? Um, you you saw it, right? Was it yeah. actually a good good story? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I've seen some people say that they liked it more than the 2011 one. Oh wow! Uh, I'm not sure where I fall on that yet. I, I might have to watch it one more time to see which one I like more. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I liked I liked the one with Jason Segel a lot just because I like Jason Segel a lot. But I liked Ricky Gervais a lot as well. So yes, same uh, here. And he's mostly the main human character in this. This one does focus a lot more on the the Muppets than. Uh, the one with Jason Segel, Walter, and uh, Amy Adams, because that that one's almost more like with Jason Segel's character and and Walter as like the main characters, with like the mm-hmm. Muppets kind of as secondary, kind of coming back. Whereas right. this one, uh, the, all the Muppets are front and center, and it's kind of funny because there's a joke uh, where they make <laughs> they kind of make fun of something in the in the first movie where uh, like um, Rizzo. The rat makes the jokes like, well, that kind of stinks since we just spent the whole last movie doing such and such. He's like, come on, Robin. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Kermit's nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's like the only two scene that like those two have in the second movie. So it was kind of funny that they call out the fact that some of like the beloved Muppets from like the past didn't really get any time. Get any screen time. And, and Gervais is the bad guy in it, right? It, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah well, it's pronounced it's pronounced Badgy. Badgy. Badgy, yeah. It's it's French. <laughs> right. It's French for good man. Right. It's French for good man. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, he he was great in the movie. There's uh, I, I liked the music in the slot. I still see again with the the first one. I think I liked the music from the first movie, or I guess the sixth movie, uh, a little bit right. better. Um. But there's a good song that's, that's called I'm Number One with Ricky Gervais and the, the new character Constantine. <laughs> and Ricky Gervais does a little bit of uh, the David Brent dancing from the, the UK oh. office, in it, which was oh, awesome. that's nothing but great. 
And that director is awesome, James Bobin. Yeah. He's the guy that did all the Flight of the Con- or not all of them, but a bunch of the Flight of the Concords episodes. Yeah. He's just he's a perfect fit for a Muppets movie. I'm, I'm glad they had him on again as a director. And, and yeah, I should mention that uh, Jermaine Clement is in this movie as well. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, oh, he's wow. he's at the the gulag that uh, that Kermit gets sent to when he gets mistaken for being Constantine. <laughs> and then Brett McKenzie wrote. The, the music for the movie again so it's it's a flight of the concords kind of muppet movie basically that's great yeah i really but yeah i really enjoyed it i would definitely say go check it out uh but yeah what did you think about it stanford yeah i enjoyed it too i i echo tom's sentiments i thought that initially when i you know first saw the previews and I, they had showed some clips of it at the d23 expo last summer too i I just, I, uh, I guess I was a little uh, worried about it. Also, that Jason Segel, I mean, particularly that Jason Segel wasn't going to be involved, but I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really funny. I thought that they captured uh, just that irreverent spirit that's just so fun about the Muppets. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also, they kept, I, I personally thought they kept the pacing up really well. If I had a complaint about some of the Muppet movies, you know, as beloved as they are and as much as I like them, I think that sometimes they just can't carry the story from beginning to end. There's always, you know, a part where there's there's some – it slows down just for me. But uh, this was just fun from beginning to end. And uh, uh, just, yeah, good stuff. Particularly the music. Really, yeah. really funny. The songs were really funny. Oh, yeah, like, like you were saying with the cameos, those is, there's a ton in there, but – some of them yeah. are like blink and, and you'll miss yeah, them. Yeah, and you miss them. Too. Yeah, they, they don't. So, like, they don't really call attention to them. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. With them, they're funny. Yeah, so, like, some of them to look for, like, James McAvoy is in there at one point. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the dude that played Gareth on the UK office, and he's also Rigetti oh, yeah. in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yes. And <laughs> he was just recently in Game of Thrones as well. He right. was in there. I thought that was funny. Cause I bet he kind of got to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat because of Ricky being in the movie too. I was I was waiting for Carl Pilkington to get a nice little cameo in there, or Stephen Merchant too. But yeah, <laughs> but that and, Cl- and Chloe Grace Moretz. She's, oh yeah, she, she has a small part yeah, too. Yeah, she's right? got a nice one. Really and fast though too. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like all of all of these are pretty fast. Like so, yeah, definitely stay stay attuned, looking for the those cameos that are we've grown accustomed to for. Muppet movies, and some of them are region specific to to what country they're into, which is pretty funny. Hmm. So, I would definitely say check that out. And then if you if you are seeing Muppets Most Wanted in front of it, there is the MU short that I've been looking forward to since we had Austin Madison and Chris Chua on last year talking about Monsters University, and Austin told us about it. And uh, Stanford got to see it at D23 last year. And we were going to be seeing it with The Good Dinosaur this year in May when that was originally going to be coming out in May. And then when that got pushed, we weren't sure what it was going to be in front of or if we were going to have to wait until A Good Dinosaur came out in 2015 to see it. But thankfully, we got it with The Muppets Most Wanted. And you've seen a few clips from it too, Tom. What did you think of Yeah, it seems so really, really fun. I mean, just, just the premise alone of the use of the Monsters, Inc. door station uh, oh, I mean, you guys probably can explain it uh, better because you, you saw the whole thing. But the, uh, I mean, the, the premise basically is they're throwing a party that no one comes to, so they put a Monsters Inc. door station and disguise it as a door in a uh, in a in a in a cool party that's going on in campus, so they can siphon the party guests. Right. Um, I love Monsters University, and so this is just 
more of the uh, more of the same. I, it's, it seems like it was a really fun short. Definitely. What did you think, Stanford? Oh, I loved it. You know, as we talked about, Mark, it was so fun to see it again. As you mentioned, I saw it last year, and, and it's just, it was just as funny this time. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, I love that world they've created, and it's just such a, and it's just such a great matchup of Monsters, Inc., and just college in general, you know, and then uh, uh, the Monsters University film, too. Uh, it's so, so great to have it to be get revisited or get reunited with those characters again. It's a blast. And I, I think timeline-wise, I think this happens after the the end of the movie. So I would assume it'd be like the uh, beginning of like the next school year, uh, like when Mike and Sully are working at Monsters U, but they're still technically Uzma Kappa fraternity brothers. So <laughs> they would come back and help. Hanging out at Squishy's house, yeah. and and Austin <laughs> Austin actually does the voices in this as well, and, and I think it's in one of those clips. Uh, there's a guy that there's a monster at one point that says the lion um, says, "Man, that girl's checking me out like all five eyeballs." <laughs> so it's it a nice little short. And, and there's a, a great little tag at the end of the the credits for the short too, that, that which you shouldn't be able to miss unless like you get to the movie. Super late, really because, late. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was that was great as well. I did too. The only the only question I had in it was, did the bedroom that they were using in the human world for the doors did that bedroom have two closets? Yeah, because that's the technicality I, that I wondered <laughs> just about too. Because it, it, it's are the doors only linked to closets or can they be linked to like any door? I think the doors are only linked to closets, but I think. They they kind of sacrificed, a bit, I guess, a bit of that logic for just for the ongoing joke. I guess there could it. be like a his and her uh, closet. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting, and it's it's cool, like how they they used the the doors in there too. It would have been interesting to see this in 3D too, with the way that they were doing the the doors and this, and because of the use of depth and stuff with those. Because I remember like with the Monsters Inc. Uh, 3D Blu-ray. That was a cool thing about the, like the door sequence was actually like seeing like the like kind of how far like in the door would go like that. But that is all for the the reviews that we have this week for basically what was in theaters. So we'll be back in a few seconds with our news for the week because we're gonna kind of combo this episode since we missed last week into an AF news as well as focusing on Big Hero 6 later on in the episode, so we'll see in a few seconds with our news. back with our news for the week the first one is some huge news from disney and pixar uh two upcoming sequels to much beloved franchises uh first one is cars 3 we're getting a third cars and then the sequel everyone has wanted since what, 2005 2006 yeah uh, uh yeah. incredibles 2 we're finally getting it. It seems like that's you have to kind of wait ten to eleven years for a sequel from from Disney, or I mean from yeah, Pixar from for Pixar. for a lot of their their films. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 
I'll, I'll wait to go last with this, but Tom, what, what do you think about the news for Incredibles 2 and Cars 3? Uh, I am so excited for Incredibles 2. I mean, th- th- that's one of the most underrated Pixar films, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, you know, like no one really talks about it. It's never the first pe- thing people mention when they talk about Pixar, uh, but it's just fantastic. And uh, I, I think it's also one of the most underrated superhero movies of all time. It's just a good superhero movie. Yeah. Um, Ca- Cars 3, yeah, I- I'm excited. I got nothing against the Cars franchise. Uh, it, just, it-, it just amazes me. I love Pixar, but the one that I'm like least impressed with was, is probably the Cars franchise, and that's going on to its third installment. And the sequel to The Incredibles has taken over a decade just to be talked about to get a sequel yeah. uh but i'm excited for both yeah and i'm excited that brad bird is coming back and writing yes. incredibles 2 as well too, yeah so. absolutely really yes. excited for that there's multiple possibilities that we could get for incredibles 2 like with uh like how far in the future they want to take that like if uh like dash violet and jack jack are all grown up and like maybe it's like bob and um helen dealing with their kids being grown up and like mm-hmm. they're still trying to protect them even though like they're adults i mean there could be bunch of storylines with that working and the superhero stuff too yeah absolutely what what do you think stanford well it's always stoked for incredibles too i mean again (laughs) it was just waited yeah i've been waiting for a sequel since that after i saw the first one you know uh so really happy news i guess that was good timing for brad bird uh, as he's wrapping up his work on on that tomorrowland pick for disney so so i i guess it was announced that he's writing it Nothing was officially said about him directing it. Is that? Yeah, I don't think it was heard. Yeah, Yeah, but I would would hope that he would come back. I hope that's what I'm hoping he's going to come back to. But if if he's at least directing it, I mean, mean, writing writing it, it, that's that's still good for me. Yeah, Cars Three. Guess I'm kind of TBD. I I really like I like the Cars aesthetic. I think that the animations. Cool. I mean, just mostly just because I'm personally just a car, you know, auto, an automobile fan. <laughs> but, but, uh, and I think that they, they captured a lot of that uh, really well. I didn't, I didn't think that the story in Cars 2 was particularly good, but it was just kind of a one joke movie that just, you know, kind of kept going, going. But still, I thought it was really fun to look at and I liked all the different places that they traveled around or created in that car, cars, uh, cars world. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully they're going to really step up their game with Cars Three because I wonder if they feel sad about if Pixar feels sad about all the criticism that they've received for yeah. Cars because I believe that both Cars and Cars Two are probably the ones that people that fans like the least, particularly adult fans. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. I know Cars I, Two still yeah. has has the lowest rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's the yeah. only one that actually has a a rotten score. On Rotten Tomatoes, I've, all the other ones are fresh. Oh, the only Pixar, yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, you'll get lucky and there'll be a Stan Ford Mustang. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I, I heard at one point because uh, you know how there's Jay Limo in yeah. uh, the first Cars. I I thought I'd remember seeing that there's supposed to be Camaro Brian, and uh... one of them at one point. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know what they would do for like Jimmy Fallon's name if they tried to work him in. Jimmy Falcon, or yeah, he could be a Ford Falcon or something. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, I wonder if uh, Cars Three is going to be that rumored uh, like Route 99 storyline that we've heard about. 
Right. Like the the one that's the the West Coast kind of. And it could be interesting to see them do that. I mean, I'm sure they'd they'd give Pixar a, like a camp like a cameo in universe kind of thing if they're like going near San Francisco and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for for Cars three. Uh, I mean, even the worst Pixar movie is way better than a lot of other films. Exactly. Yeah. And, absolutely. And I liked Lightning McQueen more. I don't really like Mater all all that much. So like, I, I liked the first Cars more than Cars two, mostly because yeah. of that. Because like Cars two like super seen. super focuses on on Mater in that one. I like yeah. Finn McMissile though. So I, and I like Michael Caine, so I liked that. So I'm wondering who might come back for this third one too. Like if Holly Shiftwell and Finn will come back for this third one in any capacity, because right. by the end of the second one, isn't Holly like kind of supposed to be Mater's girlfriend? Mater's or girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. and, and then and then will Mater still have uh, you know the the rocket launchers or uh, boost on on his on him stuff? So. <laughs> Uh, that should be interesting quest- too. The questions we ask, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see like where the storylines will go for both of these. Uh, we don't know what year years these are coming out yet, or uh, who exactly is going to be writing and directing uh, Cars Three, or who's who may even be directing Incredibles Two right now. So I, I bet if we if we had to guess these, the earliest we'd get these would be like 2017, 18. Oh yeah. Because I'm sure they've already been working on these for a while if they're announcing them now. So probably I would say 2017, 18, around there. But the, the next one is kind of still going with Cars news. Uh, they're gonna There's going to be a new short from their Tales from Radiator Springs series. that They, they had three shorts of these that came out last year. They were all... I think they were all pretty short. They they focus like on like stories like on and around Radiator Springs, so they're not just focused on Mater like the the Mater's Tall Tales were. And yeah, the, and they're short, right, Mark? I mean, they're like yeah, they're, two they're, minutes, yeah, two, two and a half minutes. Yeah, two to three minutes. So yeah, they, they really take the the short definition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one that's going to be coming out is going to be called the Radiator Springs Five Hundred and a Half. Uh, it's going to be about Lightning McQueen and a bunch of Baja racers uh, racing in Radiator Springs. Uh, the short is directed by Rob Gibbs and Scott Morris, and it features talent from the original Cars films, including Owen Wilson as Lightning McQueen. Uh, so, yeah, this one looks pretty interesting, too. Like Some of the, the photos they've released for this animation looks just as awesome as it would for like the, a feature from Pixar. So it's coming... For uh, later in 2015, I guess, and it'll be available on the the new Disney Movies Anywhere app. I don't know if you'll have to, if you'll be able to buy it like separately by itself or right if they're just going to make it available for free on the app. And I think Mark is coming out this spring. Does that sound right. right? Oh yeah, I'm not sure. Could... And okay. and then another one, I think. Is, oh yeah, is okay. Yeah, Does that sound right? Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Pixar is also going to be re-releasing The Incredibles in 3D in theaters. And Ratatouille in 3D, so they're Bad Bird films in 3D. So, so I'm hoping that this will also mean that they'll get 3D Blu-rays, and then this will make me happy because then the only two Pixar movies that won't be available on 3D Blu-ray that I would hope that they would finish it off and be completionists would be Bugs Life in 3D and Wall-E in 3D, both of which would look pretty awesome. 
Yeah. And Do you have I, a 3D TV? Yeah, I just got one. Oh, man. You, really, you, really. you love it? Yeah. And I only got it because my other TV died. Oh, right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's one of the – it's it's a Vizio – uh, I got it at uh, Sam's Club. It was it was actually pretty cheap for, for a 3D TV too. It was like around five hundred dollars. It was cheaper than the TV we bought like six or seven years ago. Wow. That died, and it's a passive 3D TV too. So you can use the 3D glasses you get at the theater to watch, watch it with. So you don't have to buy those a hundred dollar super heavy 3D glasses and only have two pairs when a f- when friends come over. Because exactly. I, I I save all like the, like the kind of like cool ones that they do for 3d films so i've got a bunch of those so i could have like 20 or people come over and we could everyone could have a pair of 3d glasses <laughs> nice but yeah I, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the incredibles in 3d that'll be pretty awesome especially with like uh violet's force fields and stuff like that oh yeah gotta imagine it'll be pretty awesome but yeah i think even ratatouille would look pretty awesome too i don't know i think yeah. all all pixar films would look yeah, awesome in 3D. So, yeah. yeah they're just so fantastic so. But uh, the, the next thing from there is Sony Pictures Animation has announced their upcoming slate of films, and a whole bunch of them are going to be directed by Gennady Tartakovsky. <laughs> so basically we have, um, well, I'll, I'll first talk about the one that he's not directing, which is The Smurfs 3. Uh, and what's interesting about this is that the first two films, as everyone knows, were kind of done the same way as the Elvin and the Chipmunks movies, where they were CG animated uh, characters mix in with the live action actors where I guess uh, the Smurfs 3 is going to be all animated so huh. I guess that kind of sucks for Neil and Patrick Harris unless he gets turned into a Smurf for a third, <laughs> a third movie and becomes Barney Smurf or something like that uh, and Hank Azaria right too he, he oh plays, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so that should be interesting to see or like I don't know, maybe like a spell like Gargamel does goes wrong and it turns everybody animated. Animated. Yeah. Uh, that, that would do it. Or it's going to be an origin pick, right? How the yeah, it'll be it'll oh, be called yeah. the Smurfs. It'll be called right. the Smurfs Three, but it, it'll be a prequel. I hate when they title stuff like that too. That that really bothered. That was one thing that bothered me when I worked at when I worked at a video store. Was like whenever they would release quote-unquote prequels to movies mm-hmm. but then they'd be called like the scorpion king 2 even though right. it was actually <laughs> point before. five <laughs> or like even even disney did that with like their their sequels like they when they did tarzan 2 and it, but it was tarzan as a kid yeah sequel, so yeah. don't yeah. don't call it tarzan 2 then just call it like, yeah. tarzan <laughs> subtitled something else beginning just a thing that bugs me. But, yeah. Yeah, that, that should be coming out around August 2015. And then, so here are all the Gendy Tartakovsky projects that are in the works at Sony. Uh, they're working, he's currently directing the sequel to Hotel Transylvania 2, as well as, uh, which that's coming out in September 2015. Popeye is going to be coming out in 2016 that he's also directing. And then he's also... Uh, producing a another original film that he's also going to be directing uh, called Gennady Tartakovsky's Can You Imagine? And no release date has been announced for that one yet. So uh, it's kind of interesting. He's got a full slate pretty much with Sony right now. So Yeah. Yeah, an animated Popeye 
should be interesting. Whenever I think of Popeye, I, I just think of the 1980 live action one. Oh, yeah, and I don't remember was. much about that film. I just remember Robin Williams' uh, arm prosthetics really creeped me out as a kid. They looked so <laughs> weird. So weird looking. But Shelley Duvall was a great casting in that, but, yeah, uh, yeah. as olive oil. But uh, yeah, it, it, Popeye should be animated. <laughs> I think we learned from that. Film. Wasn't maybe, that, maybe it's not as creepy. Maybe I was just creeped out as a kid. Wasn't that movie know, directed by creepy. Robert Altman too? Yes. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a weird directing choice. It was. There too. It was a weird movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember there was some conversation Robin Williams did. I think it was on inside the actor's studio, like because he was good friends with Christopher Reeve. He's yeah. like, he's like, whenever we would walk down the street, like all the girls would go after him because it's like I'm just Popeye, but he's Superman. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, but he's like, it would be a weird t- thing too, though, because you'd see Superman and Popeye walking on the street. Right. <laughs> uh, did you guys ever see that little uh, joke that they did on Family Guy? Like, cause you know how they do like the, all the side references to things. Uh, I I think I know you're talking the about the Popeye yeah, one. It, it, well, yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah. I forgot that. What does the doctor diagnose him with? It's a, oh, yeah. a, so, yeah, something like, horrible. Yeah, like those those. Those things on your arms, they're huge. They're huge tumors. They're huge tumors, yeah. And, uh, and you, you had a stroke uh, like 10 years ago. It's a wonder you're still alive. That's why you're talking out of the side of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Of his mouth. Yeah. And then like Popeye's like super depressed after that. Yeah. And he's like... Burr, 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 burr. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you should be... You should be able to find that if you look that up on YouTube. If anybody that's interested in trying to find that. That's great. Yeah. I think I think these Sony people are smart though to hire um yeah, Gandhi Tartakovsky. To hire all these people with Gandhi because he he's so talented. I, I, I think he just makes such such a such cool stuff. Well, let's hope that these films are gonna be good, but what a you know, just what a talented director he is. Definitely. I'm excited for all of them. I like I like Gandhi. I liked his Clone Wars micro series that he did. Oh, that was way, for, yeah, way back. The best. And then, I uh, did too. I still have Samurai Jack in my shameless. I haven't seen that, but you know, and then obviously like Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls. Oh yeah, all, those are all they're, great as well. So. They're terrific. But uh, another new slate of uh, stuff coming out from an, another animated uh, studio from DreamWorks. They have announced new Netflix series titles. So furthering the relationship with Netflix and doing some more and Netflix instant uh, original content. There's some of these are going to debut in late 2014. Uh, King Julian, which is a series based on the character from the Madagascar films. So this will be like the second kind of spin-off TV series for a character from the Madagascar series, because the first one were the Penguins of Madagascar, which King Julian was in that show too, which I never got this, this where that was supposed to take place story-wise, because King Julian and then like... Um, his two like henchmen are at at the New York City Zoo with the penguins, but like the you know the rest of the the, the four main guys from the films aren't at the zoo. So I was like, is this supposed to take way, place way after like all the movies end or something? Right. But I almost thought that, that was where like the third movie might have ended, like where like that's where those people ended up, and then like our four main guys left with the the circus that they were in, but. That's not here, but uh, and my my son thinks that I do a good impression of uh, not the the character Cedric the Entertainer does the voice of, but the other, you know the. Do you guys know what his name is? The the little character. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to do the impression on... on... <laughs> but you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, yeah. like King Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i'm not gonna do the i'm not gonna do the laugh though but. hey still though sounds promising uh also in production is puss in boots based on the character from the shrek films and his own spinoff movie uh and i'm wondering if they'll try to get antonio banderas to actually do his do the voice for these yeah. That'd be awesome. I I I love the the spinoff movie. I, I yeah. thought so. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the TV series. I was kind of hoping um, they they do a sequel rather than yeah, yeah that series. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, it'd be interesting. I, yeah, maybe they will. I I I hope they get him for, for the for the voice. Um, but yeah, I mean, Netflix in general is very exciting right now. Like between, I mean, all the programming, House of Cards, and. Orange is the New Black, and then this this huge this DreamWorks content deal, and the, the, all the other programming. They, they really are becoming like the place for great great TV. Their, their yeah. feature film selection, I feel like, could use some spicing up. But in terms of TV, they're they're really becoming yeah. a force to be reckoned with. Definitely, yeah, I agreed. Uh, and yeah, it's nice to get all this like this new like original animation on there as well too. Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, since they are doing this Puss in Boots TV show, I mean, they could always do a sequel still, too, because, I mean, they have the Dragons Riders of Burke show on Cartoon Network, and, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is coming out later this year, so... They yeah, can, for sure. They could do both. Yeah. Uh, and then, finally, DreamWorks is also going to be doing a new VeggieTales series called VeggieTales in the House, <laughs> which I'm, I'm hoping it's not <laughs> going to try to be, like, you know, when it, with that kind of title, it sounds like they're trying to be, like, super urban. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm glad it's spelled in the. House. I know. Right. They, yes, they spelled it. They spelled it correctly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, and this is from. So this is kind of funny because it's DreamWorks. They purchased Classic Media, 2012. Who was the owner of Big Idea? So by buying one thing, they now own the another thing. So it's it's kind of funny, like all the stuff they own from buying Classic Media now, uh, and the. And you know, obviously, that was the group behind the original VeggieTales uh, films. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see what they do with that. So if maybe if they keep the the faith-based stuff with the VeggieTales, because that's like pretty much what VeggieTales is known for is like doing like shorts that are based like on on religion. So right. it would be interesting to see if DreamWorks actually stays with that for those. Uh, but. It'll be interesting to see all these. And then also in store for this year, there's going to be more episodes of Turbo Fast, which is already on Netflix since right now. Five new episodes will be available this April with more on the way. There's supposed to be 26 total as, as reported by Variety. So, One of the things I'm wondering, Mark, about these new DreamWorks series uh, is the animation style that they're going to use yeah. too. Because speaking of Turbo Fast, you know, they took the CGI characters from Turbo and then translated them into this kind of 2d stuff 2d kind of more flash based yeah uh animation and i wonder what they're going to do for particularly for king julian and for for puss in boots veggie tales will probably they'll just stick i would think stay, they would yeah stick stay the way that they've been doing those because yeah uh but yeah I'm, i'd be interested with that too because with the way they did poems of madagascar and um is that monsters versus the aliens animated series still on Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because they did that, uh, and then... Right. 
because I haven't heard anything about that in a while, so I don't know if that's... Uh, yeah. Um, and then the Dragons one, those are all done in CG. Oh, and the Kung Fu Panda one, those are all done in CG, but it's weird with those because obviously you don't have as much of a budget for television animation exactly. as you do for the film, so it always looks obviously different. Uh, right. Especially with like the like the, the fur on a lot of these characters. It looks a whole lot better in the films than it does in the... The TV shows. I think that's where like the How to Train Your Dragon show kind of benefits from it because it's a lot of characters with like scales and and skin more than like the first, so it's kind of less noticeable in that. And that show actually does have a lot of the original voice cast from the sh- from the films in it, which is kind of cool too. Except for I want to say Jonah Hill, Gerard Butler, and Craig Ferguson don't do their voices in the show, but everybody else that did the voice in the films does their voice on that show which is i think pretty awesome yeah uh yeah but so are you which of these shows that do you think you guys are the most excited to check out when they show up puss in boots for me i'm i'll definitely be interested in checking out yeah, i love I that think... love that puss in boots puss in boots for me too. <laughs> i think that lends itself the most to like uh like a yeah kind of yes exactly. I, I can see him getting into all sorts of yeah, like different adventures, misadventures. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess King Julian could be doing that too. Like, if it happens before, like the films take place, or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, like with these, it all depends on like where the storyline is and whatnot. Like Puss in Boots, that still is good too because it could be right after the movie, and before Shrek Two starts. So, they have a, a ton of years in between there. So, uh, the the next one, uh, you were just on an episode of Community Time. Yes. Which, which that was awesome. That was oh, so thanks, cool. man. That yeah, was so was cool, Tom. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was tons of fun. It was, it was cool to see the, the finished product as well. It was yeah. a hoot. Uh, and that show always does really cool things with like different episodes of it. So it, yeah. it's not really a surprise that they're now going to be doing a fully animated uh, G.I. Joe <laughs> episode. That, uh, it's going to be called G.I. Jeff. Uh, and like, they released some images from it. It shows uh, Jeff, uh, which I think his character is just going to be called G.I. Jeff. In it. Or no, as Wingman uh, with a backpack with wings. Uh, <laughs> Annie is going to be uh, tight ship. <laughs> and like her, the picture of her, she's got like a really tight shirt on showing a lot of uh, the name of... You know, you remember the name of the, of the monkey uh, on Community? Uh... Oh no, I'm blanking on it. Troy and Abed named the, the the monkey Annie's boobs. Oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what her shirt is showing a lot of. Uh, um, so good. And then um, there's Britt is playing a, a character named Buzzkill, <laughs> and then Shirley is playing a character named Three Kids. <laughs> Three Kids. <laughs> Uh, all these images great. look pretty awesome too. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm gonna try to work some of them into like the episode art for this episode. Oh my god, uh, it looks awesome. funny. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I'll send you. I think I sent you a link for it too. So check that out after after we're done recording time. It's pretty funny. That's but great. I'm not sure exactly when the episode's gonna air, but I guess they're going to show a portion of the episode at uh, this Wednesday at the Pallyfest panel for Community. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to, to check this episode out, and I, it's going to be the season, so... Yeah, 
like with this show, I, I would love to be an, an Asher on the show because you get you'd get a Muppet of yourself already. Uh, <laughs> uh, you get they did the claymation episode, and then they had the the eight bit versions of them as well. So and oh, now, wow. now they get like the eighties cartoon style versions of themselves. That's awesome. That would be awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode. Uh, I can't wait to check that out as well. So that is our our new segment this week. We will be back in a few seconds with our new trailer. Fell in love years ago with an innocent girl from the Spanish and Indian home of the heroes and Once at night, Cotillion Square defied and she was right in the rain of the bullets that eventually brought her down. But she's still dancing in the night unafraid of what it do. We are back with our trailer for the week. It is for Blue Skies Peanuts. And just so you guys know what I said, I said peanuts. Um, <laughs> I don't want someone thinking I said something else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what did you guys think of, of this teaser? I really I enjoyed it a lot. I'll give all my thoughts about it after you guys do. Uh, Tom and then Stanford. Yeah, it, it was fun. I, I, I love uh, Peanuts. Peanuts is a strange thing for me though like with the comic strip and the animated holiday specials i i never find them particularly funny but there's something about the peanuts cartoons that i find extremely entertaining in a sort of like peaceful serene calming way if that makes yeah. any sense I like know. i never laugh when i watch them but i just all i have i watch it and i have a dumb little smile on my face and i'm thoroughly entertained uh so yeah i'm, I'm excited for um for, for the Peanuts movie, the, the trailer does a fun little 2001 Space oh, yeah. Odyssey reference, which is one of my f- favorite movies. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the animation looks looks uh, pretty neat, too. Yeah, well, what, what did you think, Stanford? Oh, I you know, I liked it. Again, when, when the project was announced, I, I, I was skeptical. It's not really, you know, again, not... Not that I dislike Peanuts or Blue Sky yeah. Studios. It's on the contrary, I like them both. They just was thinking, do we need this? And is it going to be cool? But I thought that this trailer, it, it, it was cute. I thought it captured just that. You really explained that well, Tom. That that just that essence of Peanuts, which isn't necessarily hilarious, but it's really, it's charming. And it's charming. Some, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's something really satisfying and and comforting about, you know. Yeah. That that that, that uh, those comics <laughs> and just how, and how that all all. all it all looks and comes together. Right. I thought that they captured, and also then when I heard it was in 3G too, like, oh dear, you know, let's see how this is going to look. But I, wow, if, if, if the movie looks as good as that trailer, I think, I think we're going to be in for a treat. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica even said with her, her article she did about the trailer, where she, it was, the headline was, uh, Peanuts teaser is disalarmingly charming. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, like what you guys were saying about the animation, I, I really like the animation in that a lot because it shows like how you, how much different, how many different styles you can use CG animation for. Like with this, it almost looks like the characters are CG, but they're CG like and, and uh, like stylized. It's almost where yeah. they look like they're claymation or like uh-huh. stop motion. But then. Their eyes and mouth look like they're 2D animated, but mm-hmm. with like a CG kind of yes. element to it. 
So it looks like a really cool conglomeration of like all these different styles of animation. So like like you guys are saying, if if the the entire film is like that, I'm really excited to to see what the entire film is about. And I I like uh, the the kid they have doing the voice for for Charlie Brown in in this teaser too. So it's pretty close to the one that we're like we're used to from when we would watch Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown Christmas and all those other ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I think my biggest memories with Charlie Brown are the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show when I was a little kid. I remember watching that a lot. And But yeah, and then obviously the, the holiday specials, but I, I'm excited for this, and I'm, I'm glad to see Blue Sky doing different films that aren't just sequels to a film they had, they had out previously. That being said, we have Rio 2 coming out next month. From Blue Sky, and then they are going to be doing an Ice Age Five. But as long as they're doing other films like this, I'm I'm excited to to see other f- films from them as well. And I'm really excited for this, and I can't wait until we get like a a full theatrical trailer for yeah, for Peanuts. See more characters, maybe get a little uh, idea of what what story they're yeah. they're uh, putting together. Yeah. And then this movie, and this is coming out next year in 2015. So. Very excited for Peanuts. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys tuned with all the, the news for, for that film as well. So We'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations for the week. And we're back with our recommendations for the week. My recommendation uh, for the week is the TV show Cosmos, a space-time odyssey hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson on Fox. Um, it's If you haven't seen it, it's it's an incredible series. It's produced by Seth MacFarlane and uh, Carl Sagan's widow, Andrewian. And I don't know who's writing these episodes, but the way they present the complexities of the universe, they really do it in a relatable and easily to understand in a very, very entertaining way. And I'm also not sure who animates the show either, but there's a bunch of really great animated segments in the show, and you don't have to be a science geek to watch it. All the science aside, it's just a very entertaining, very fascinating series. Uh, probably one of the most entertaining series I've seen in a long time, so I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I've got a... I, I, um record it because i've just heard nothing but great stuff about it some of my coworkers were just raving about it as well so thanks for the recommendation it's real cool yeah what are you stanford oh well mine's a bit self-serving so i hope you'll indulge me you know i uh and it's not a frozen pick first time in in weeks right mark <laughs> in, in, yeah in months <laughs> in months <laughs> Yeah, let it go. Another one. No, uh, I I um, I got to take part in this uh, this video with this choir that I see in. Uh, Disney approached us and and a bunch of other choirs around the world to celebrate or to help them create a video to um, celebrate the 50th anniversary of the It's a Small World attraction. Now I know that it's not everybody's um, favorite song, but still, it's a it's a cute it's a cute video and it had, I thought it had some good footage. 
And the group I'm in is at about at the uh, minute six, minute seven mark. So you, if you know, if you look really fast, you'll nice. you'll, you'll see me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, awesome. not really, but it was it was you know it was cool to do, and I was geeking out because uh, I'm such a Disney fan, and so it was really fun to be able to to uh, be a part of this. I love it's a small world. I, I yeah, that, I feel like they sometimes it gets a bad rap. That's a, I love that. That right. Yeah, I, I I do too. It's just <laughs> it's, great pop. It's great pop art, and it's just you know, yeah. really, really, yeah, just fun, happy ride. Yeah. My recommendation for American Tale on Blu-ray, uh, this came out a few weeks ago. Uh, it's only like twelve bucks on Amazon right now too, so it's a pretty good price for the for the movie, and it's I remember enjoying this a lot when when I was a little kid, so. I think it's definitely worth picking up. I'm I'm hoping since since this is another like an older Don Bluth film coming out on Blu-ray that produced by Spielberg that will get Land Before Time on Blu-ray hopefully soon and maybe even Viola Goes West too. I was I'm almost surprised that they didn't do an American Tale and Viola Goes West as like a double feature Blu-ray because that seems to be the the you know the trend nowadays with older movies on Blu-ray. How's the how's the digital transfer, Mark? It, it looks pretty good. It, it looks pretty true to. Uh, I mean, it looks better than the VHS copy I've I've had since I was like <laughs> five or yeah. seven years. Yeah, old. yeah. But yeah, because that's because I never upgraded to the DVD, and so and now at this point, I might as well just wait to get Bible Goes West on on Blu-ray too. But yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, there's a little bit of film grain, which is I mean, good. I mean, that that needs to be there sometimes, and. There's a, there's a few bonus features on there, but they're the ones that were on on the DVD from about I think maybe seven or so years ago. Okay. But yeah, I enjoy it. It's one one of my favorite like animated films that I had when I was a little kid. So I'm excited for it to be on Blu-ray now. And like I said, hopefully this means that we'll get some of those those other films like maybe like we're back. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some of some of these kind of uh, I guess maybe more like cultish anim- mm-hmm. animated films from yeah. the '90s on from our childhoods. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So definitely, guys, check out American Tale on Blu-ray, Cosmos, Space Time Odyssey on Fox, and National Geographic Channel, and Stanford's It's a Small World 50th Anniversary Tribute video too. So those are our recommendations for the week. We'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic, talking about Big Hero 6. back with our main topic for the week talking about big hero six from disney and basically what we know so far about the film so this this is one of our most anticipated films this year from here us animation fascination so we wanted to basically catch everybody up on everything that disney has released so far about the film uh maybe hopefully like when we may get a, a teaser trailer for this but i'm not gonna hold my breath on getting one like earlier than like maybe july or august because 
that's how long they waited last year with Frozen. Right. And that seemed to work out pretty well for them. So, uh, starting with the the hero lineup for Big Hero Six, the who better start with than Hero in the mm. the, the movie? Uh, in the comics, you've you've been reading through those, Stanford. How is he kind of depicted in in the comics? Well, uh, Hero, and it's spelled H I R O, because uh, the comics are set in Tokyo. Uh, he's he is a 13-year-old boy genius, and he moonlights as uh, a secret agent and, and the leader of, of the Big Hero 6 team. So he's, he's just, you know, just the way they've drawn him, he just looks like a little brainiac, you know? Just, uh, I see him. He just uh, kind of diminutive in size, uh, glasses, and, and uh, uh, but clearly he's got, He's got uh, some knowledge. Some of the earlier, uh, in, in one of the earlier comics of, of it, he's also got some really fancy shield or some armor that he that he wears that I don't know necessarily has any powers per se, you know. But but uh, he's 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 a smart kid. Cool. And then he also creates uh, the next character. We're gonna be talking about which is Baymax, which is like this huge robot that that kind of hangs out with him. He's like his bodyguard, uh, and I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, they might do this in the Disney movie because they tend to do that a lot with Disney films: the a father or a mother dying off. <laughs> but yeah, like Hero kind of you know creates Baymax after the death of his father. That's his brother in the um, in the movie. Is in it? the yeah, that's what Don Hall said. It was his oh, brother. Oh, it's gonna be his brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like in the but his then big brother in in the comics, uh, he's there's what is it like? The are programmed. Ret- he was programmed retaining like thoughts and emotions from heroes. His father in the the comics. So yeah, there's. There's kind of like a thing in there with that, so I wonder if they'll have that in the film too. But like, like it being his big brother, if you know, if it'll be programmed with the emotions and whatnot of his brother too. Right. Right. In the comics, Baymax looks in in the first form they show him, and he almost looks like he's um, some mafioso guy. I mean, he's like this big dude, you know, wearing a bowler hat, and and, and his face is kind of. You know, in shadow because of the hat, and and he's in a suit, but then he morphs into this either a robot or this. He also morphs into this big giant green lizard. Kind of depends, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, on it. But but uh, Baymax has yeah that that all that capabilities you were talking about, and then that ability to to morph. Have you been able to check any of this stuff out, Tom? Or- no, I just saw the interview with the director and producer. Yeah, and it seemed like from what they were saying, you know, you were talking about whether they're going to keep the whole the plot line of a family member dying and and uh, hero using the creation of uh, of the the robot guy as sort of a response to that. It seems like that's one of their their biggest things that they're. It seems like that they were like, oh, we love the emotional core of this comic and that's where they're starting from so it seems like that is going to be a big part of the of the movie um yeah i haven't 
I haven't read the comic, um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's it's Disney producing an obscure or somewhat obscure Marvel comic into a feature, not unlike Guardians of the Galaxy. And if Big Hero 6 turns out to be anything like how Guardians of the Galaxy is looking right now in the trailers, it should be very good because uh, I've been very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy and what the trailers have been looking for that. Um, so, yeah, it's inter- it's they're both... Um, both Guardians of the Galaxy and Big Hero 6 seem to be, you know, uh, maybe not, I don't want to say risky, but, you know, out of their wheelhouse sort of choices to, to make. But it's, it's, uh, it looks like, uh, I don't know, it, it could be exciting. Definitely. I, I really like all the, the character names for like the people that are going to be, for the characters that are going to be in the Big Hero 6 too. Like we already mentioned Hero, Baymax, uh, I'm just kind of run through the other ones really quick before we talk more about them. Or Honey Lemon, Gogo Tamago, Wasabi No Ginger, and then there's Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Honey Lemon's kind of cool because it reminds me of Ramona Flowers from the Scott Pilgrim comics, where when she pulls the the huge mallet out of her purse, because uh, basically like Honey Lemon has. She she basically is like a, like a time lord. It's, her purse is bigger on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her purse has got these special powers, and I think she's able to uh, manifest anything you know she needs to from that from that purse. I think the comics kind of portray her as the sexy troublemaker. But so I'm, uh, I'm sure that'll be toned down. For yeah, I was gonna say. That. <laughs> yes, that was my thoughts exactly too. I almost wonder if uh, in Scott Pilgrim with Ramona, if that's supposed to be referencing her, because I would assume Brian Lee O'Malley would be like a kind of a bigger geek about like like some obscure comics, especially like uh, this one with the way where like where it was set like originally in Tokyo and whatnot. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually supposed to be a reference in Scott Pilgrim to this character. But uh, right. yeah, I'm interested in seeing her in, in this as well. And Mary Poppins obviously borrowed her bag at one point as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Her power purse. Yeah. Uh, if you're a D and D guy, it's a, was a, a bag of holding, I guess the right. bag that like you can fit right. anything in. Yeah. <laughs> Keep stuffing stuff in there. Uh, and then there's Gogo Tamago, which looks pretty interesting as well. What, what do you think about her, Stanford? So uh, she, you know, in the comics, she's portrayed as some kind of an ex-con. So, you know, she's a girl with, with a past. And she's got this voice-activated power suit. I'm not quite sure how she, how she got it. Uh, but it... it her arm, this power suit turns into this armor that allows her to move um, almost like a rocket. And so she can just blast through stuff for the bad guys or you know, whatever, uh, take him out with, with, with it. So uh, she probably stole it from Tony Stark. See, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like this Iron Man uh, thing. So uh, again, in, interesting, interesting character. She in the comics, she seems a little. Um, it's a little, a little different. Like you know, the, I think in the first the first edition, she was more like she and Honey Lemon were fighting more, and then in the second edition, they were more like friends. So, so Honey Lemon and 
Gilgo Tamago, kind they, of kind of like Velma and Daphne. Yes, exactly. Or Ginger and Marianne, or whatever. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just they're the the the, the two girls in the, in the in the in the bunch. And what I can see is like uh, like what she could do, like with she could transform her body into like an explosive ball of energy. Uh, it almost reminds me of um, Samus as Metroid <laughs> in those oh, in the yeah. video games. Right, yeah, like yeah. Where you could oh, yeah. Turn into the ball and then, you know, spin yourself really fast. <laughs> so that's what it makes. And that, that's almost what her suit kind of looks like, too. Yes. It's very kind of similar to that. Mm hmm. Uh, and then there's wasabi, no ginger, which sounds like you're ordering something at a restaurant. <laughs> well, he's a chef, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's a chef. <laughs> he's, a, he's a sushi chef, yeah. Yeah. And he uses uh, various swords to fight. Um, and he can also give form to his, his key energy uh usually materializing it as throwing knives that can paralyze so kind of uh close to um like uh why his name is like right on the tip of my from from the x-men uh gambit kind of you know like how he could throw right. the kinetic energy with his his cards right it's kind of like what he's doing but you know with throwing knives and all that so that seems pretty cool too and then then they changed uh his ethnicity from the comic so now in the film he's going to be African American. I saw hmm, that too. Right. So. Yeah, in the comic, um, yeah, he looks more uh, Japanese. Although he wears in the comic he wears Hawaiian shirts. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, and then like kind of a sushi apron <laughs> thing, you know, or something or like a chef's <laughs> right, a chef right, thing. Right. But he's got <laughs> anyway. Um, it looks like from the silhouettes that they they released at D twenty three that he's kind of. Wearing like a, what might still be like a Hawaiian shirt with like a tie. Yeah. And then it looks like he's got like an apron around his. Yeah, he's got an apron. And yeah. then we'll talk about the silhouettes in a second. That key energy, in the comic, you kind of. I mean, it seems to have different manifestations, but one of them are almost like it reminded me almost of Wolverine, uh, and okay. that he had these claws, that cool. that, that could come out. But I uh, so. Yeah, and that silhouette, which we'll talk about. I wondered about that. And then Fred seems like a cool character, too. He's nicknamed Fredzilla sometimes. Uh, he can transform himself into basically a kaiju type of, like creature, like Godzilla. Uh, so, so that should be interesting. And then, like, yeah, that sil like we were talking about, the silhouette that, of him looks interesting as well. Uh, yeah. It looks like he's got, like a, like, a tail, but then, like, his arms are, like, got, like, Popeye tumors on them. <laughs> At the, with like claws, at, and, yeah. At the D23 Expo, I thought you know, cause, so Don Hall showed kind of a sizzle reel of it, so he didn't necessarily reveal anything. He showed these six characters, and then uh, some some storyboarders as for some basic art, and of course, you know, we, we weren't allowed to film film it, which was which was a bummer on that one. If I'm not mistaken, Don was saying that their Disney's interpretation of Fred is more that he's he's just like a comic book geek, and he has and then he, and he has a, a suit like a you know he'll put on this costume. In the comic, Fred actually that's his power. He can turn into this like Godzilla type lizard. Oh man! And uh, so I, it'll be interesting to see what Disney Disney does with. With Fred, if if that's the case, the silhouette looks more like a looks more like a suit. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, but maybe. Which could be funny, too, because, I mean, originally, I mean, that's what Godzilla was, was a guy in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It, it might be a funny thing, like, maybe, like, where he starts off like that, but then, like, somehow he's, like, actually given some kind of power so he can actually do that and transform. So that, that should be interesting to see exactly with this. And uh, what do you guys think of, like, the character designs, or at least what we can tell from the silhouettes that they released for the, the film? They look cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough to tell just from a silhouette. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it lo- lo- looks pretty cool. I mean, you know more, Stanford. What, 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 what do you think of him? Well, I, I like the, the silhouettes uh, that... So, so Disney on their 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 booth that they had at the D twenty three Expo, the the Walt Disney Animation Studios booth, on the side of it had these silhouettes that were pretty much to, you know, they were five six feet tall, you know, but they're they're done to scale. And Mark can post these pictures. This pictures in the in the notes, but and I, I like. I, I like being able to see how the characters relate to each other in just in, as far as their scale. And uh, right. that, that part I thought was interesting. And they, uh, again, they didn't reveal much else to us. So being able to piece together, I mean, you can see like honey lemon, we see her purse with, with go-go. We can see clearly she's got some kind of a helmet and some armor going on. And you wonder if she's got yeah, like got rocket yeah, like on her feet. Uh, on her feet. Hero uh, looks like he's got some armor on too. Yeah, and Baymax looks like he's in like you know, like a flight of, mode almost. Yeah, like robot mm-hmm. robot flight mode, not not like the lizard mode that's in the comics. There's also that other shot that they or that on the that blimp. piece of concept art on the blimp, and you can you can see both Hero and and, and Baymax a little bit. What? Yeah, a little what bit they, better. What they might look like. Yeah. Yes, in the film, and then the setting of the film is kind of a conglomeration of San Francisco and Tokyo. It's called San Francisco, uh, and you got they gave out some of like these postcards while you're at D23 too that have a little bit more of concept art on there, where like it shows the Golden Gate Bridge, but with like a kind of like an Asian influence to it. So it's got, uh, I'm not sure ex- exactly what like the architectural term is called for you know you know what i'm talking like the arches yeah. that they have and yeah that kind of embellishment on yeah, the top but, of yeah, the, like on the right. golden gate bridge so it's cool to see that on there as well uh and and have you guys checked out the the first the first look footage as well that they released back uh may of last year last year and that looks great from from that so i'm, I'm assuming if the rest of the film is going to look like that it, that looks beautiful in and of itself. You can see like all the Asian influence, like on stuff you would be you would recognize from San Francisco. Uh, so, what, what did you guys think about that too? Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that. So, but what did you think, Stanford? You know, it's it's it looks really cool. As as Mark was saying, it's it's just this really great hybrid of Tokyo and San Francisco. So you've got you know they've got they show uh, they start off showing a cable car. And going down a hill, but then as 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 the camera pulls back, it reveals all that all those wonderful electric signs and and just the uh, different architecture in the buildings. And then you can see out in the bay, and 
if you look closely, there's a there's some kind of an electronic billboard record. Ralph makes <laughs> he makes a quick little cameo. Oh, nice. Like, I didn't it's like a that. little yeah, it's like a little Easter egg of a uh, record Ralph. But uh, I've you know really cool setting. I mean, I would have loved if they had put it in just in Tokyo, but but that's probably uh, uh, you know a good decision to make this kind of fantasy mashup city for the story. Uh, it looks it looks it looks neat. Yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. Oh. Yeah, it looks really imaginative, and the yeah the animation is beautiful. Um, yeah, that yeah if, if, if like you said, Mark, if the rest of the movie looks anything like that, that's that's very exciting. Definitely. I just I looked at it again. and I saw the Wrecker Ralph thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's showing Wrecker Ralph getting thrown off the top of the building. They probably, I guess, needed like a little bit of foot, like video footage for something, and they're like, "That's probably what they had at that point." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that a lot. And so, from what you've read so far, and like what we know so far, so Sanford, how do you think the the comics backstory is going to kind of relate to the film backstory? Well, it's really going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. So, the comics, there are only nine issues of, of comics that have the Big Hero 6 characters in them. They started, the, the first issue they appeared in was a comic in 2000, excuse me, that was in 1998. It was a three-issue miniseries called Sunfire and Big Hero 6. So Sunfire is an existing Marvel Comics character who lives in Japan. His mother was affected by radiation from the... Um, from the bombs dropped uh, in World War II in Japan, and she died while giving birth to him. So Sunfire's got skills in, uh, uh, I think, uh, generating heat and fire, et cetera. But uh, they they show up in this three-issue miniseries, and actually the six people are a little different in this first, in this 1998 run. Uh Hero and Baymax are in it, as well as Honey Lemon and Go-Go, uh, Tomago. Sunfire, of course, is in it. And then also make, the sixth person is, is the Silver Samurai. Everybody should know from, like, X-Men and yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil, I think. Right. Yeah. So then, and it's interesting, then, then um, their fourth appearance was in, they, they, they appeared in an issue of Alpha Flight, also in 1998. Alpha Flight is, um, and I, I don't mean any disrespect, but uh, this, this, was fun, this was funny. So I'm just going to read you the description of who Alpha Flight are, because I had never heard of them before. Oh, really? <laughs> Alpha Flight, they're, they're Canada's premier Superhuman Strike Force. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> brought together under the auspices of Department H, a government-funded organization dedicated to the protection in provinces and planet. So, anyway, who knew that, that Canada had their own superhero team? I didn't know. But uh, <laughs> they, they go to Japan and help out Sunfire and Big Hero, you know, and Big Hero 6 for that run. So then it's 10, ten years later... Big Hero Six making another appearance in Marvel with a five-issue miniseries. So in in, in two thousand and eight, uh, and that that a picture that 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 Mark 
posted today talking about our recording of the team. That's that's a portion of the cover of of the of the first of the first uh, of I guess the number one of that 2008 mini series. It started in November 2008 and then ran ran to March 2009. But that shows the team as 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 we've been talking about it, what Disney's going to use with Hero, Baymax, Honey Lemon, Go Go, Was, uh, Wasabi, No Ginger, and Fred. So those are the six. So Sun, Sunfire, and Silver uh, Samurai, Samurai uh, aren't part of the, the the team. And who knows if Alpha Flights, you know, is going to travel from Canada to make a special <laughs> appearance too? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> uh, and I'm sure with like the Silver Samurai thing, that's probably like also a thing where they just can't use them because of. Fox owning Fox, yes. Uh, certain Marvel characters and like Marvel can't even like call uh, certain characters mutants because Marvel owns. I mean, Fox owns that term too. <laughs> so, so the stories are interesting. Again, the the, the characters are, are kind of cool. They they've got some character bios in these in these comics. It'll just be interesting to see what what Disney has used or or you know is, is using or not using. Yeah, and if we haven't said uh, the premise yet, uh, the premise that they released for the film is, like we said, it's going to be centered around Hero and his robot Baymax, uh, who both uncover a criminal plot, and then they join a team of inexperienced crime fighters who are Wasabi, No Ginger, uh, Honey Lemon, Gogo Tomago, and Fred. Uh, and then, d- did we talk about the director yet? Uh, it's being directed by Don Hall, who also just did recently did the... Winnie the Pooh film for Disney. Uh, it's being co-directed with him by Chris Williams, um, which I'm not sure what he's directed. Do you remember what? Bolt. I oh, think yeah. he was the co-director of yeah. Bolt, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah he did Bolt. Uh, he was a story artist on Frozen. Yeah, he and he was also the voice of... Of, of uh, Oaken, yeah. Oaken in Frozen. The, the guy in the, um, the shop. In the, in the shop on the, up on the mountain. So it should be interesting with that. And then it's being uh, produced by Roy Conley. Now, it was originally produced, being produced uh, by Christina Reed. So it should be interesting to see exactly how this all like, comes together. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a a teaser trailer. I don't know. If you guys had a guess, when do you, when do you think we'd get one? As to like what happened with like Frozen last year? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, the sorry, not to bring it back, but one of the writers too is kind of an interesting choice. Jordan Roberts, who uh, I was looking at his, his filmography, and he wrote a really, I really like this indie film. It, it, Frankie Go Boom, but it's like not kid friend. Not uh, it's not not it's not really dirty, but it's not a kids movie. And then he also wrote the narration for March of the Penguins. Uh, so he has he really like this writer really runs the gamut of like little indie film or like narration for a huge documentary um (laughs) so be interesting yeah i mean it's very interesting choices all around um but yeah when will the teaser come out oh man i don't i don't know yeah i I was speculating i'll go ahead i was gonna gonna say kind of like tom was talking about with guardians of the galaxy earlier i would almost bet since disney owns marvel and guardians of the galaxy is like a similar group of people that maybe disney would even put the first teaser trailer to big hero 6 in front of that in august because i mean timeline wise yeah. that would kind of fit with last yeah. year too yeah i i agree i because I, I was yeah looking at the disney slate their next 
big film is that Maleficent thing. And when's that? Like the end of May. And I just, that seems early. And I'd be grateful if they didn't, because I don't want to see Maleficent. Because the only reason I would go is if there's a big Hero 6 trailer in front of it. (laughs) Please please don't make me go see that. Yeah, and then like Captain America seems way too early to show it in front of that too. Right. 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 So yeah, I bet you it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Plus, it would that would be a good that'd be a good fit. Definitely. Yeah, guy. Okay. And then we should say, Big Hero Six comes out this year on November seventh. So we're really excited for it. We're gonna be posting more news about it as it becomes available. And uh, I'm cooking up an article uh, with all of this uh, comics trivia that I hopefully I haven't bored you to death with. But but uh, I'll, I'll have some pictures and some things that hopefully will just help explain these two different series. And you can see a little bit of the background, and then we'll, it'll be fun to see what what Disney does. The one other thing, Mark, before we before we not talk about this though, or stop talking about it, is that. Don Hall mentioned in some of these interviews, and he also mentioned it at the D23 Expo, that uh, one of the reasons that they picked Big Hero 6 was because it's quite obscure. And I think that they're going to make a lot of changes because right. of that. And feel like, and, and, and I think they wanted to pick something they could get away with it. You know, <laughs> they could make changes right. and not really upset fans just because it has such a limited publishing history and just, there's, just not that much, there's just not that much involved. Yeah. And even in the interview, uh, he, they use the phrasing inspired by the comic Big Hero 6. <laughs> Anytime they use inspired, yeah. it's like, okay. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. They, they're definitely going to take some exactly. liberties. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they've, they've been, as we've published on our site, you know, they've been consulting. Disney has been consulting with, with Marvel. But it'll be interesting to see because I'm not sure if it's going to be even co-branded. You know, I think they have, they're still trying to make up their mind so about it. Yeah. they have a Marvel yeah, logo in front of the movie. I, you know, it seemed unclear. You know, in that interview that we posted with Andrew Milstein, yeah, uh, who's the um, you know one of the senior leaders at Disney Animation. If if uh, he see it seemed a little, it was a little unclear. I thought uh, based on his interview. What did you think? Or what, yeah, what did it, it didn't seem that? like definitive. Like what exactly how they're gonna brand it at all? But Disney is. Disney animation is just like full, you know, it's their, this is their baby. Yeah. Uh, he made that clear. I know. Like other, yeah. Like other than like Joe Quesada, like helping. Yeah. The film. That's, I think it's pretty much like the extent of Marvel's kind of involvement. Exactly. With... It's not a co-production with Marvel. It's a Walt Disney animation studios film yeah. with, you know, with some consulting. And it won't be but... part of the, the MCU that we've seen with, you know, like the live action films from, yeah. From them. So definitely, Interesting stuff. I, I'm looking really, I'm looking forward to this movie a lot. <laughs> I'm, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that first teaser trailer that we're gonna get for it too eventually. So, yeah, uh, yeah, guys. So that is our our show for the day. Don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T. Uh, I'm at Tom Fons, T-O-M-F-O-N-S-S. And I'm at Stanford Clark, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D-C-L-A-R-K. And you guys can also follow the show at Animated Podcast. Uh, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our site where you find all the latest news for Big Hero 6 and everything else uh, written by our awesome writers like Stanford and Jessica and and various other guys that we have on there as well. Uh, uh, 
all the time at animationfascination.wordpress.com. You can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Tribert for myself, Sanford Clark, and Tom Fons. Thank you guys for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time. Thanks, guys. It was nice being you, Stanford. Hey, great meeting you, Tom. Thank you, too. (laughs) See you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Just for one day. We can be heroes. Just for one day. existed or not oh my god that was so random but so funny i love that yeah community is the only show that like just goes there and does crazy things like that but it's so funny yeah the the audience that was like you're the ghost no the janitor's the ghost or yeah and then then they do that shot of of that picture at the end of it and you're supposed to shining ending yeah and you're supposed to think that like Wait, was he a ghost? And then it's like right. the like old time like reenactment photos, and it says like 2014 on. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I definitely wanted to make sure people knew that I was enunciating the word peanuts <laughs> for that, so I did, they didn't all think that we were really excited. Yeah. About something else. <laughs> it's unanimous. We're all excited for it. Yep. Yeah.